Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. MJF and Adam Cole, baby, are still together. Nobody turned. It's all friends wrestling still. On on in front of camera. On on screen. On screen, Kayfabe. Yep. Everyone's De- friendly. Everyone is lovely to each other. The land of misfit toys are all but well, apart from you. Blackpool Combat Club and Eddie Kingston. Yeah, maybe. okay, maybe even Kayfabe, they're trying to yeah. uh, maim each other. Also, the best friends are friends. Yeah. And, you know, Orange Cassidy is friends with them. I don't know if he knows that he's friends mm. with them, but uh, they're certainly friends with him. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen, D.A.D. Welcome Obviously to the AEW All-In 2023 review. Yes, <laughs> I am marking out. I'm a big, big mark. Uh, I'm going to be pretty biased today. How I'm much wearing was this- that? It was sixty-five pounds. Yeah, um, but that's inflation, isn't it? <laughs> Look, I when I realised that uh, Fozzie was setting up, I was like, I'm going to go and uh, I'm going to go and have a look at the merch store. And I went down there and I was like, maybe I'll get myself a drink while I'm down here as well. And I looked at the merch store and I looked at that top and I was like, that's the only bit of merch that I might be tempted mm. to buy. But I've already spent about 200 quid on food and drink over this weekend. I'm not sure I can justify spending 65 pounds on a T-shirt I'll never wear. And that's why you're not a true fan. Please <laughs> press the thumbs up button. Give us a subscribe if you haven't already. Leave a comment down below with your thoughts on All In and send in those Omega chats to WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them over five US dollars before the end of the show. But we are starting with the main event, but also kind of the beginning. I would say it is a bookend story of the zero hour pre-show began with MJF and Adam Cole winning the ROH tag team titles from Aussie Open and then concluding the night by not turning on each other and celebrating in the ring and rather excitingly announcing a show at the same time next year. Yeah, all in three, I guess it will be, for or all in Wembley. Like Tony Khan was talking in the, the press conference afterwards that he wants to make this an annual tradition. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they've booked Wembley Stadium again for the uh, August Bank holiday weekend next year. 
And also, he said, we're going to be doing All Out the following week because that's on the bank holiday in America, uh, Labor Day weekend. And that's the tradition. It's when we were talking about on the uh, prediction show, it might be on Dynamite, this whole deal. He's got this big thing about traditions, about weekends. And this is now the new yearly tradition for AEW is this dual shows on the dual bank holiday weekends in the US and UK, which means we get to have another year of discourse about ticket sales. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, I, I mean, I think this is a good idea, but I would have waited until after All Out to see how the two potentially cannibalize each other. But then again, I would have also said booking Wembley Stadium in the first place is an overshot. Yeah. So, so every yeah. time AEW has put a bet on themselves, they have paid off. Will Washington once said on uh, Denise Salcedo's YouTube channel, the thing with wrestling is no one knows anything. Mm -hmm. And that's the sort of truth of the matter is we can all sit here and we can give our big opinions on like, you know, this and the other, but always we're always wrong. And the people who make the decisions end up being the ones that are right. You know, they did. People were like, oh, the build for all in is going to be bad. It's like, oh, no, it turns out that not only did they sell 81,000 tickets, they've had huge pay-per-view buys off the back of it as well. Oh, well, it will really damage all out as well. No, that's actually had the highest US gate that they've had in ages. Mm. So, like, it turns out we are we might just be wrong when we have these sorts of thoughts. Well, I, I, I mean, I disagree with that. I think that there is significant flaws in the storytelling and build. Whether that affects ticket sales and stuff as much, I don't think they're as connected because... People bought a lot of WWE tickets for ages and the creative was god-awful. AEW yeah. at their worst are nowhere near the depths that Vince McMahon WWE booking got to and they still sold loads of tickets. Well, well I agree with that. When I uh, was on the AEW defensive, as people would, uh, mm. would often say, I would be like, well, we're looking at this thing. like, well, look at the ticket sales. So then I'm now looking at the ticket sales and be like, well, you can't look at the ticket sales. You've got to look at these things over here. Well, should we go? Stop moving the goalposts, Ollie. Let's, let's talk about the, the main crux of the draw, the main storyline heading into this. And one of the hotter things in wrestling, which is MJF and Adam Cole, they started the night, the prologue of the night, by winning the ROH tag team titles. And what I understand, like I totally get this, you don't want to injure the guys in the main event. So they had a very safe, very fun seven-minute match. It was built around two things, the double clothesline and the kangaroo kick. That is all this match was there to do. You just like, you know, build to the, the, the Adam Cole hot tag, and you do those two spots, and the crowd go nuts. Which, I, you know, I, I don't mind. That's what I thought it was going to be. Uh, maybe a part of me was, because we love Aussie Open so much, we thought Aussie Open were going to get a bit more, but they really didn't get anything. I was a bit disappointed by that. But the, the, the only major thing I would have changed, though, because I do understand you've got a larger thing to service, you can't put on this five-star banger, is I, to, my, to my understanding, the double clothesline wasn't a finisher. Of course it was. It, no, it was they. They had already done what are the you damage. Talking They'd about? already hit the boom or something, <laughs> and then they hit the double clothesline. That's their tag finish. But, but it's not. It's their three D. But it's not the finish of the match. Yes, it, they, well, they, it's they, the finish of the match, but only after they've done a boom on someone's head. No, that's the finish. Is that they? It's the double clotheslines. The finish. I don't think they've it's, won a match with it before. I think it's a comedy finisher. Of course, it's a comedy finisher. It's a comedy spot. So. I feel like to protect Aussie Open, I would have just appreciated a boom 
to Carl Fletcher, whoever took the pin, and then they hit the double clothesline. That's just like a cherry on top. Yeah. It's like the people's okay. elbow Look, versus I, the rock bottom. Well, yeah, but which one was more over? Yeah. Yeah. And the double clothesline's more over than the boom. Definitely more over. And you can finish the match with it, but really the match is won. The guy's incapacitated. Oh, oh dear. Oh, dear, Ollie. The, the chat turning on you now. Stop looking at the chat. They don't know anything. <laughs> they keep bringing up numbers. No one knows anything these days. Um, no, like, I, I, I disagree on that one. Hmm. What I would agree on is I'd like to see more out of Aussie Open because hmm. they're, they're my guys and I want, and I want the best for Aussie Open. Um, and, I, and I feel that it's, it's kind of a shame that the Ring of Honor Tag Championships have just become props yeah, uh, yeah, with, yeah. within this. Like, I don't... You know, it'll be interesting to see what they're going to do with Cole and MJF. In are they going to be at Ring of Honor tapings? We're going to see MJF mm. doing Ring of Honor shows. You It'd know, be cool to get Adam Cole back on ROH, though. Yeah, I mean, are they just going to defend the belts against the Kingdom at All Out next week? Probably, you know? yeah, yeah, like yeah. against Taven and and uh, Bennett. So you know, there is some interestingness, uh, interesting bits and bobs to get out of that. Uh, and I think the credit to, goes to Fletcher on this one because although yes, the double clothesline is a big wacky comedy finish and it's very and it's very silly and does not look like a tag team finisher, Fletcher bumped like a madman and like landed right on his head to, to sell it so like oh yeah that did look like a devastating finish to, to a match i suppose just because i hadn't really thought about i've been thinking so much of where do you go with the main title i hadn't thought about the roh tag titles uh there's a you know a carlo riley somewhere in the mix mm -hmm. add him to adam cole and mjf Max a little bit jealous. Who's this? New? I've I've got room for one friend. I don't know if I've got room for two. Yeah. And then that's a three to go against Roddy and the Kingdom. Be a nice little dynamic. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm really excited <laughs> to see where what the the future of this. Is. Obviously, they may uh, the Kingdom play quite a part in the the finish of the MJF mm. and Cole main event. But I thought this was a a fun opener and. Going back to that, uh, no one knows anything. One of the other things people said was like, oh, man, putting MJF and Cole out there at first and then going on last, it's going to diminish the reactions they'll get at the end of the night. And MJF brought this up in the press conference and said like, oh, I know people have been saying this, but like, turns out you were wrong. Because did, <laughs> did you hear the pops? Like the pops they got when they came out at the end were louder than the ones they got at the start of the night. Well, Max had a different entrance as well. So he had the full pay-per-view throne entrance, which I watched back. I thought it was a motorized thing. There's a guy pushing it from behind. Yeah. He's just like a little, little helper. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the uh, and so as far as pre-shows go or zero hours, what is another example of a pre-show match that had such consequences for the main card? Mm -hmm. I can't think of any. I'm like, this, this might be the greatest <laughs> on paper pre-show idea. Sorry, it's not my microphone there. Um, You've had great matches yeah, on yeah, the pre-shows, but yeah, nothing that you know, actually follows through. U Uso's New Day yeah, yeah. is a really good example of like a match that's so good, you should want to buy the pay-per-view mm. to see matches that are nowhere near as good as um, <laughs> And in no way connected <laughs> to that story. <laughs> yeah, like. yeah. I can't think of any. There must be some. I bet you there's some in the Attitude Era, because the Attitude Era was... Always oh, but that's to, Heat. It was Heat. And like that he, doesn't count. And he would do angles that would lead into the pay per view, or you know, announcements that would lead into the pay per view. It's like, well, quite frankly, Mister Austin, tonight mm -hmm. will be no disqualification. I think AEW should rename Collision Heat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, roll the credits. Clapping, clapping hands emoji uh, in the chat for that. So for the main event, of course, MJF and Cole back again. This was. 
just masterfully done. I've seen criticism, and I guess it's valid criticism if like you want your rest in a certain serious way, but being there live and being so invested in the storylines and the characters and seeing these two wrestlers as three-dimensional entities as opposed to, no, you always have to be serious in this part of the feud and you're always a certain moralistic alignment. I thought they could flip between comedy and seriousness and heartbreak and conflict with ease, and it was seamless. That's the strength of the characters and the story, I suppose, is because it has been straddling these lines from the very get-go of them being, you know, from the 30-minute time limit draw through to now. Mm. You can do all of those elements in there. This was a very, like, Adam Cole NXT yeah. sort of main event style thing where you have the big the big facial expressions, the big near falls. And the, yeah, uh, you know, he, he always yeah. runs his hand through his hair make and sure a shock you, face. Make sure you get in the close-up shots of the <laughs> faces and things like that. So yeah, it, it felt very, it was apt for, mm. for the story that they've been doing. And like the crowd were electric yeah. for this match. And like, there were so many great callbacks to mm. the, the, the 30 minute time limit draw, their tag stuff they were doing. Like, you know, the finish of the first part of this match was a double clothesline. Oh, I'd love that bit. And then the callback to, like, the time limit draw and, you know, five more minutes. No, the, the swerve of, because mm-hmm. we're going to do this at Wembley. There was, yeah, five minutes isn't enough. Yeah, we're going to have a finish in F in Wembley. Oh. Like, I thought this was so great. And then, like, the drama at mm. the end with Strong coming down. Like, this is the sort of stuff that people, you got to, two kind of camps within wrestling <clears throat> fandom often which is just like work rate and story and i felt like this this had a lot of work rate in there but it was very story it was mm. more story than it was like the five star work rate matches that the aw might be known from in the past and i loved it from that aspect i think there's also this other idea certainly i've i guess i've unconsciously had where okay five star wrestling match that means attention to detail mm. that means kenny omega is going to tease a snapdragon in match one yep. off the, the top rope and then in match three they tease it again in a different way and it's like that that sort of um real real attention to detail but then when you think sports entertainment and the the comedy angles you don't really think of it like that mm-hmm. it's like oh they just do stuff and fun and reactions and you know they're just all about turns and swerves and they, they're based on points but not to such a minimalistic degree so this was this was sports entertainment oh absolutely was yeah but it had the attention to detail of certain spots things that were set up six weeks ago it's like it's the bloodline thing that people really gravitate towards with the bloodline matches is that while you know 20 minutes of it is just Roman Reigns does a punch and then sort of walk around and you know George acts with the audience what people are actually people aren't into Mm. the moves what they're into is the cinema yeah within the match you know to to use a, a sort of a, a sillier term but like the drama and the story and the characters and that's what we got here there was more moves done but it wasn't about the moves that were done it was about you know dropping mjf on his neck over and over again and like adam cole feeling like yeah. he was purposely targeting areas it was roddy trying to convince adam cole to cheat it was both of them falling back into their their heelish ways the wacky ass ref bump which i <laughs> two of them I, I mean yeah the first one was like a standard ref bump the second one might be the greatest ref bump i've ever seen in the history of mankind so that was off the of panama sunrise from adam cole uh, a move where 
Adam Cole stops. You know, that's the point. Of, but you come down, you stop, and then you do a flip. It's, well, that, a, it's a silly move. But that's where you're wrong, because the jump is the momentum, and it's the, it creates torque to go into the move. If you, if you can't just stand still. I just wish we hadn't seen stupid ref bumps for the two other shows we watched <laughs> in the main event this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I think Kenta killed a referee at Defy. Yeah, he certainly did. And uh, for the Oku match, there was... Was it just like this flying drop kick? Yeah, absolutely and that decapitated that, that lad. We watched a lot of wrestling over this mm. weekend. It's been a really, really good weekend. This is, um, Tempest said this. This is probably he's never been to a WrestleMania, but he was like, "This is what I imagine mm. a WrestleMania Same. feels." Because we were, you know, getting all pumped for this, but we'd spent the previous day just going to wrestling shows. I wish I could have gone to more wrestling shows because there were other ones on that I really wanted to go see. So back onto the drama. Please do. Um, I, the bit I liked the most, Rod- Roddy coming out was fun and everything, um, but it was when, I think it happened a couple of times, Max would go to do something. Like he'll go, the Tombstone Power Driver is probably the best example. They're on the announcer's table. Max goes to hit a Tombstone Power Driver on Cole, on the table. You know, Cole, history of concussions. This is his best friend. And Max stops. He's like, I can't do it. And he hops off the table. Cole, when he gets an opportunity to do it, very shortly after, hits that tombstone pile driver. Without hesitation. And it's what he said in the promo a couple of weeks back. You know, it's the whole Steve Austin, like, I have to beat you, right? I will do whatever it takes to win that championship. But then earlier, there was a steel step brain buster and Cole hit it and he sort of edged back afterwards. Like, oh God, what did I do? Yeah. MJF that, that stuff there was so good. MJF selling of that bump, the mm. brainbuster on the steel steps was—he he looked like he just—he was not moving. The after the uh, the the false finish, the, the restart, which I've heard some people like go, ah, oh, it took me out of the match a bit. But honestly, being there live, and I haven't watched it back on screen, and if I do, it will be coloured by how I felt. So I can never, never not like this now. Mm. It fired the crowd up so much. Yeah, so the, the false finish was they hit a double clothesline. So they both clotheslined each other, fell down, both covered at the same time, and the referee counted three. And it was so funny because I, where I, from where I was, you could feel within the crowd expecting to do a two, oh, mm. for the kickouts. So no one counted the three. Everyone went one, two, oh, oh. No, yeah, boo, and the the boos just rained in. BS chances. They, they they announced that it's a it's a draw, and the crowd were just like booing. And I was there, just like I was. I was like, this is fantastic mm. because this crowd are. Like, this is exactly what you want from this from this finish. And then Adam Cole saying, "I want five more minutes," just like they've done the time limit draw. And MJF was like, "No," in the same way that he had said, yeah. "We're not doing the match." we're going to have an actual finish here. And then they had, you know, the two ref bumps. They did a bit of comedy. The with comedy the ch- with the chairs was the amazing. Because they both like, the referee went down and they both just started laughing because they're both like, well, now this is just what we do. We just go, <laughs> we're going to go grab chairs and just try and cheat and stuff. And they were trying to both do the Eddie Guerrero spot, mm-hmm. both take, taking bumps. In the end, Max put his head in the chair and fell down. That shot. And then Cole is just looking at him like, what? Yeah. Oh, that I was laughing so hard to go from laughing to annoyed. You know, because you meant to be annoyed from popping to the moves to the oh no, don't don't hit the tombstone. Yeah. Like the the amount, the number and array of emotions that they hit in this 
was sublime. I sublime. Yeah, I, I would say because I I don't disagree with the argument that uh, you shouldn't have comedy in the main event or like it's a bit too mm. hokey for for a main event. I I sort of get that argument, but I think it's, it comes down to a personal taste thing, and I think what it boils down to more than just a personal tasting is how invested you are in this story. Because if you're invested in this story to the degree that the <clears> 81,000 <throat> people that have bought tickets mm-hmm. for this event were, clearly going by the crowd reactions, this is what this is exactly the match they wanted to see, which hits all of those beats. It hits drama, it hits serious, it hits comedy, it hits goofy. And it never feels like any one of those things is, is out of place. But it does require you to be invested in these characters and in this storyline to not step back and go like, oh, I could have done without the, mm. the, the the comedy ref bumps. But it's not it's not out of place, not just because of that, but because that's the feud. Like the whole story has been, here's a comedy bit, here's a serious bit, here's a yeah. comedy bit, here's a serious bit. Well, that's what I mean. Like I, I think you can't watch the backstage skits that you that they've been doing in the lead up to this and be like, well, that, I want a five-star serious <laughs> main event now because they have done goofy wackiness yeah. leading up to it. Um, so the, the finish was... Roddy comes in, the referee's down for a second time. Roddy low blows Max. Adam Cole doesn't see it, tries to make the pin. It's like the slowest count. I counted, was it like 20? Yeah. I think uh, Max kicked out there, and Roddy is just screaming at Cole to, to use the belt. Use the belt on MJF. But MJF, I've stopped my, making notes there in my <laughs> tiny notebook um, because I was too into it all. I think Max rolls him up, didn't he? Small yeah, package. Yeah. So not... Not a definitive finish. A finish where you could have a rematch, not not anytime soon, I don't think, but certainly Revolution next year. I think that could be a huge match. And, you know, we've now had, with all of the chatter, like who's going to turn, who's going to turn, you and I did this on the, the prediction show. The, the swerve in the end was, it wasn't MJF, it wasn't Cole. The swerve was, it was neither. Mm. And it's funny, like there was someone in the, I was, I was reading the comments for the predictions after the, the show had finished and someone said like, I don't know why you, either of you think there's going to be a turn. This is SummerSlam 92. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just going to end with both of them hugging. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, it didn't, didn't I, it didn't even cross my mind <laughs> that they might just be friends. But that's again, the, I think one of the brilliant parts of the story, that's the thing that was frustrating Adam Cole in the Renee Paquette interview, yeah. was why can't people just accept that we're friends and that two people can be friends and also go for a world title? And I was there being like, all right, which one are you going to do? Which one are you going to do? The kingdom are here. Like, you know, there's Roddy Strong. But no, I was, I got completely worked and I was swerved and it was friendship one in the end. And it was a beautiful ending to the show. It's really quite subversive, this whole storyline for wrestling tropes in general. Because the reason we thought there was going to be a turn, not just because it was heavily implied by certain actions and Cole's demeanor, but also because that's wrestling. And it's Adam Cole and it's MJF. Yeah. Like wrestling dictates there is a turn. It's a big show. Well, so of course we're all sitting like, oh, who's going to turn? Whenever any two wrestlers get together, or who's going to turn on who? So to actually end it with... I oh, know, actually, they're just good mates. Yeah. It was really wonderful. Max comes up to Cole at the end, and because Cole's dejected, and he says, look, we've, we're still the ROH Tag Team Champions. And he gives uh, Cole the belt, and Cole throws it out the ring. He's like, oh, no, has, it, has the friendship turned? It's Cole, in that moment, looked like he'd realized he'd made a mistake in choosing friendship. Because mm-hmm. if he hadn't, if he'd have listened to Roddy, he'd be champion right now. Yeah. 
and but he didn't he chose friendship over the world title in a way and that did cost him the belt so yeah when you like threw the roh tag titles out in frustration it was like a mm-hmm. i made the wrong choice but then max to echo the end of that ftr match puts the belt down with cole the world title and he stands with his back to to adam like hit me do it do it turn on me and cole's got it and roddy's on the apron screaming hit him hit him adam i love you and cole thinks about it and i thought for sure he was gonna hit roddy with it i thought he was gonna do that in fact that that would be the only thing i'd change there yeah maybe because then i thought that would that would be a bigger pop it would really clearly define no cole is with max not his old friends um but no cole just put it down and they hugged it was lovely show goes off air and they sort of cut a lovely promo afterwards and they say yeah we're gonna do it again next year and tony khan i don't know where he came from he was suddenly in the ring and i'm used to tony khan reading teleprompters next summer in wembley but this is my new impression of Tony Khan in front of a live audience. <laughs> I couldn't understand a word he was saying. It was a bit, I've just bought Ring of Honor. <laughs> Out there, in the fucking lot. Like, it was very much the, like, <laughs> That is far more coherent. <laughs> so I got some words in that. <laughs> I picked up Wembley Stadium and I mean thankfully they'd already like Cole and MJF had already told us that it was good that's what the announcement mm-hmm. was so really like he was just there to add a bit of color uh, to this he said the same thing yeah and I guess because I'd been told it's like having subtitles yes yeah but the subtitles were told to me ahead of time and so I just had to remember the subtitles and put them over Tony's promo or at the Olympics when they repeat the rules in French <laughs> but yeah it was uh it was quite the announcement mm. I am I mean, I, I made fun earlier of the, uh, the the discourse around ticket sales, and I it was funny actually. I was um I was chatting with uh, Sean Ross Sapp after the show, and he was talking about talking to like Raj, and Raj had t- tweeted out, you know, from wrestling, from wrestling, eighty one thousand and thirty five tickets sold, like that's the number that the, the, that they announced, and Sean was like, if you go through the replies, is the dumbest people on the planet are just arguing with each other and i just i was like is that really like what people are like that's so stupid and he and he he turned to me and he was like well it takes eyes off the other problem that's going on with (laughs) AW right now and i was like well i suppose that's true i guess um but yeah like it's i i'm curious about wembley next year we were talking about this after the show when i went back to dan layton's place of you know, the idea is I, I look at the last live shows that we did when we did uh, Night of Champions. Um, we didn't sell that show out, um, but the hype off of that show meant that we had a super quick sellout mm-hmm. for Money in the Bank because there was this everyone who bought tickets, you know, good 80% of them wanted to come again. And then the other 20% bought tickets because they really wanted to come based off the last one we did. So I guess the theory for All In 3 next year is you, you're going to convert a number of people that the same people that didn't like they got to come this time around a good chunk of them and get people who were bought yeah. in on the hype friend of mine texted me this morning saying i've already booked my hotel because wow. he couldn't go this year and he was like i am not missing this again i've had casual I've, i mean not even casual friends they're, they're well they're very good friends mm. um, but from a wrestling perspective they don't watch wrestling they watched last night they bought a pay-per-view wow that never, never into wrestling as a kid. 
<clears throat> they're a boxing fan, big boxing fan. Um, and yeah, he said that he said he really enjoyed it. So I was like, you're going to watch Dynamite on Wednesday? And he went, nah. Yeah, but I think that's a lot of the promotion they've been doing around mm. London, you know, the posters everywhere, like for, for advertising all in big, biggest wrestling events of all time, this and the other. So yeah, I think they did a lot of good promotions. It's going to be, I'm very curious to see how much conversion they can yeah. do off the hype. Grant as well, like, you know, my, my one friend, that's an anecdote are not evidence. But that is at least one person I know that is buying a ticket because they couldn't go this year and are desperate to go next time. Well, I, th- I, I certainly will be. I'll be going, yeah. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes, until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Um, we've got to crack on because we've got loads of chats and we've also got a very long rest of the show to get on with. Keep on getting in your chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Uh, DJ D Grayson 97 says kangaroo kick is likely a reference to Hebrew Hercules Abe Coleman, who is credited with inventing the drop kick after traveling to Australia for a match and seeing kangaroos hop on their tails and kick with both feet. MJF paying homage to a Jewish great. Oh, there That's you go. That's very cool. Turn penny. MJF got a little bit Eugene for my liking at times. Uh, I assume that just means in terms of inappropriate comedy that doesn't work. Uh, but if this does lead to a real MJF face turn, I'm all for it. I'd say he's a face already. He's already been a face for two face. weeks. Yeah. Also, I was sure Don Callis distracted the ref for Sammy to hit Osprey with the bat, leading to another twist in the story. Thoughts, lads. I think that's just the wrestling spot of like the uh, the, the baby face, baby face in this mm. case, manager um, talking to the referee, which allows the heels. Yeah. It wasn't like Don Callis purposely distracted the referee so that Osprey. Could I get didn't hit. read it that way, brother. Baby face. The only missed opportunity and an otherwise incredible main event came at the end. Adam has the belt. Max is waiting for the blow, and Roddy is screaming on the ropes. Adam should have hit Roddy. 
Much better than just throwing it down. Think of the pop. Totally agree. Yeah, I agree. Andy Sandbox. Man, what a great show. Of all the speculation, all the twists and turns that could have happened, friendship was the story. We'll see what All Out looks like. But if you ended the story here, where do you where do you rank this program between MJF and Adam Cole? Oh, definitely one of the more successful in company history. Yeah. Uh, Tony Khan said in the, in the press conference afterwards that he feels that they were on a real crest of momentum uh, a little while back, you know, looking at All Out 2021, real crest of momentum. Oh, yeah. They were a really hot product. And last year really damaged all of that momentum, <laughs> not just Brawl Out, but Danielson getting hurt, Punk getting hurt, Kyle O'Reilly getting hurt, and like Adam Hangman Cole. Hangman going into business for himself. Exactly. Adam Cole getting hurt. Mm. MJF walking out on the company. Yeah. Like, you know, he's like, he said it really did damage the momentum that this company had from, from the end of 2021. And it's only really now that he feels like they're starting to get it back with this show here, but also the, the Adam Cole and MJF story. Mm. Golden Knight 84. Hey, Luke and Ollie. Last night was an example of why, as a near 40-year-old, I absolutely love wrestling. No matter what bad might happen there, a bright spots like MJF and Cole, I can't believe how much I love Better Than You, Baby 7, Even Scarier MJF. What does that mean? Love you, Baby 7, Even Scarier MJF. Well, it is great. <laughs> um, a Forgotten Donut yeah, says... You, you didn't have last night. You had, you had remembered donuts. I, I ate a donut. Yeah, it was delicious. It was a Biscoff <laughs> one. Great show. Should probably get rid of Punk, though. Can't believe MJF and Cole are still friends. Really, get rid of Punk, though. Not a perfect show. Punk still works there. But overall, tons of fun. At least Esplim and Tony. Nemeth was right. Well, an investigation is ongoing. Uh, falling downer. MJF Cole was exactly the story I needed. Brawlin was the was exactly the story I didn't. I'm so over Punk's garbage. Bunks and F Bucks Bunks. Bucks and FTR are the goats. Soraya felt like she had never she had new life breathed into her. How would you bring Carlo Riley into the Cole MJF story? Well, I like your uh, idea. Mm. I because I had pitched doing um Cole MJF and Strong versus CMFTR as an all-in match. And the idea of like Adam Cole trying to convince Roddy that MJF mm -hmm. is a good dude and MJF being a bit concerned about having another friend. But you could do that with Kylo, right? Yeah, like yeah. put Kylo in the in the um, strong spot and then just do him against the kingdom. Or where's the lie? <laughs> you can have Bobby Fish, where's the lie, taking on CM Punk, <gasps> the man who says, tell me when I'm telling lies. Exactly. And that, that promo could just mirror off each other for for infinity. And as we know, with Bobby Fish, the only man to really kick out the GTS. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michaela Traub. Um, did you guys see MJF's throne cart hit the steps into the devil worshipper kneeling in front of it during his entrance? I shouldn't have laughed, but I absolutely did. Yeah, because they, they had, he had like... Um, women either side of it getting down and oh uh, really because uh, I was I was behind the stage so mm. I I only saw like the pay per view feeds that's all I could really see all what was being shown up on the big screen so I can I can actually really see uh, that entrance um, on the, sorry on the last point I wanted to make on falling down this thing of the the brawl in story because um, I'd heard about not through like inside source or anything like that Sean told me mm. just came up and it was like another fight I thought he was like ribbon. And it was, it was like, oh, yeah, good one. He's like, no, for real, there's, there's been another fight backstage. And I was like, oh, come on, man. So I text you to let you know. But I was, I meant to say, don't tell Dan. Oh. Because I was, I suddenly thought, I was like, oh, no, I'm going to ruin Dan's night because Dan, uh -huh. Dan's trying to have a nice time and he just wants people to be friends. And then we were like, they've had another fight backstage. No, I was intent on ruining Dan's night. <laughs> I, uh, I sang hardcore country at him through, through most of the, <laughs> <laughs> through most of the evening. 
Uh, Andy Sandbox. For Luke, when MJF called out, quote, the bald guy for the first question in the press conference, I was hoping it was you, and it was. Congratulations. How does it feel to also lead the question that booked Kenny Takeshita for All Out? You're canon now. Yeah. Really? Well, yeah, because I asked Don Callis about um, uh, uh, Will Ospreay and Takeshita. And that led Callison to cutting a promo that announced the the all out mm. match. I, I I don't think I was the the catalyst for it. I think they would have you know announced it at that point. No, I think it came to him in the moment, and he was just like, I think you should book this Tony Khan. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it was. I mean, MJF could have called a whole number of people in that room the bald one because I wasn't the only person there. But I was I, I was the first guy to get a question asked, and yeah, yeah, it was it was very fun. We're basically best friends now. Well, me and you, uh, we could probably put this on the description of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Both of us have been somewhat roasted for our, our heads yeah. by MJF. It's true. I mean, because I, I did one of MJF's first interviews when he joined mm-hmm. AEW ahead of um, Double or Nothing. And he roasted me on that one as well for having terrible opinions because I told him he wasn't going to win the Battle Royal. <laughs> I said, I think Hangman Page is going to win. And he was like, well, you're an idiot. No one should listen to you. Um but yeah, it, it was it was very good fun uh, uh, getting to do that. And I just saw Amanda Savage, who was one of our website writers in the the chat, saying that one of the thumbnails that she picked for like you know press conference images and stuff is when Tony Khan was just smiling at me while I was asking him a question. Uh, <laughs> uh, Gaz Gengar, lads, I called a Roddy Strong interference, and it didn't ruin the match. Unlike the draw fake out spot, I hated due to its timing. See, some people don't like it. Um, did they need the draw bit? Was that necessary? My mates and I sure didn't like it. Well, we've already sort of covered it. I yeah. think it was really well done, and it's certainly you can't. It did bring the the crowd down, but you need that so you can bring them up higher i thought they came out louder off the back yes. of it than they yeah. were pre it so Ket. in that sense it worked Ket. the main event was great but a little overbooked for my liking from the double pin to the match restarting to the two ref bumps to an interference spot less is more i mean look look at what the bloodline are doing though you know it's yeah. it's the same template and we watched a bunch of shows this weekend and they all had that same overbooking it's just it's it's a stylistic sign of the times, I think. And, also, and I, yeah. it worked for me. And also, you know, people often wax uh, lyrical about their nostalgia for the Attitude Era. Oh Show me an Attitude Era main event, pay-per-view main event that didn't have all of the pyro, ballyhoo, bells and whistles, mm-hmm. interference and overbooked nonsense. There is a moment when overbooked can get too much. Because like the, the, you know, the argument against WCW was it was every match was an overbooked yeah, thing. Yeah. But if it's just your one main event's got the, all the big overbooked schmoz stuff on it, then it's, it works totally fine. That's why Jeff Jarrett kind of stands out in AEW because it's only his <laughs> matches on Dynamite have the big schmozzy stuff in it and then everyone else just have like you know, a little bit of interference. Kevin! MJF and Cole performance were amazing. Max almost had me crying at the end. If you have the occasion to watch with commentary and better audio to catch what was said, you should do it. I hope I can make it to a future one in London. Jam that jam. Three out of three for some reason. Mm, wow, it's, it's a good scoring system. <laughs> James C. Morgan, finally for now, this show was amazing. Also, let's not take for granted that we're currently watching possibly the GOAT, MJF, just now entering his prime as a wrestler. Anyways, thanks for all that y'all do. Yeah, like people usually say um, the prime of a wrestler is when they hit their mid-30s. Mm. And he's like, what, 26, 27? Uh, we just had another one, actually. Easter, when watching MJF and Cole, I was just waiting for who was turning on who. The fact no one turned and MJF still won just made the night for me. Feels like WWE has conditioned me to expect to be disappointed. AEW let fans go home happy. Very nice.
Keep getting in those chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Um, we might speed through this because not, we've not got super detailed notes either. Um, oh yeah, we, the the other uh, you've just got the Wikipedia. I've literally got the Wikipedia <laughs> listing, which is nonsense as well because like I was, you know, I was sat in the press area, yeah. so I could have taken my laptop and made notes because they were like you know charging point stuff. I was one of the people who had to take a bag in, but I didn't because I just I travelled light. Um, so it just meant that I didn't do I didn't make it full advantage of the press box at all. Outside of it, I had the free food. We know I, for next time. I bumped into um, the guys from OSW um, there as well. And, you know, the first thing they said to me was like, what food did you have? Mm. They said, did you have the chicken or the uh, the salmon? I said, neither. I had the samosas. And they were like, there were samosas? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. He was like, I was just trying to get as much stuff as I could into my pockets, like all the free drinks and stuff. That's wrestling fans. <laughs> uh, so the show had a pre-pre-show. Apparently it was still televised sort yes. of on the YouTube bit. But I you had they team... changed the time of oh. like when the pre-show started. Because they said the pre-show was going to start at five. But we were like in there at half four. And I came in at half four and yeah. they were doing the Hobbs and Miro thing. And I think they just um, like an, amended the time and didn't tell anyone. So I totally missed the Hobbs and Miro thing, but apparently Simon Miller was a security guard. Uh, a security guard employee. <laughs> That's 997 for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that a good impression, by the way, everybody? Because <laughs> me and Luke have been doing it for years, but we've only just started doing it on air. But it's so unique to like... Our one video I one, once one, edited. One, one video you once edited that he probably doesn't remember doing. <laughs> That's 99 for you. <laughs> That's 99 for you. <laughs> uh, so we had Team TNA out there as well. Jeff Jarrett did some, he, he called us all wankers. And Big Show Grado and Anthony Agogo came out and they beat them up. Great, the crowd lapped this up, yeah, particularly fun. Grado getting to come out as well. So that was good fun. No like a prayer, unfortunately. Then we got Aussie Open versus MJF and Cole, which we've talked about. Jungle Boy versus Hook was next uh, in another sort of eight minute match, was it? Eight minutes went Yeah, eight minutes. Yep. Um, so that was not much substance on the, on the zero hour. But J- Jungle Boy made his entrance in a limo, which was fun to see unfold, and Hook met him on the ramp. They brought over the limo. That was when we got the suplex spot from Jungle Boy into the windscreen. I didn't even see that he or, or hear the thing that he said to the camera, which was "real glass, so Crimea River." I did because I had the pay per view feed next to me, mm. and I saw him like they did a spot on glass, and they looked at the camera and said something. And I didn't have any audio, but I thought, I bet you he said something about yeah. glass there. I I might need to tell my, uh, the editor to amend some of my news because I thought it was a black cab. It looked like a limo to me. Because it wasn't a black cab. As because I couldn't see from where I was, mm. I thought there was a black cab on the stage, and they did a spot into it because you know UK references and all that sort of stuff. I might need to message Simon oh, to edit that right now. But um, but yeah, it's I couldn't see that spot from where I was sat, but I heard that spot from where I was sat. Oh, I didn't hear it. Oh, it was it was loud. Not the not the thing he said onto camera, but the actual like glass shattering and stuff. I heard from where I was sat. You're like, oh my god, Stone Cold. <laughs> <laughs> they got they got Austin. Uh, but as soon as I saw it, I was already writing in my notes a joke about punk. Yeah, because I thought, oh, I'll write a joke about punk and the glass and stuff. Little did I know. Yeah, that I I mean, you know, we won't get too into this because we want to keep it nice and positive. <laughs> but I really think. Jungle, I know, I know Punk has done loads of things on air and not asked for people's permission. But what did you think was going to happen, Jungle Boy, saying that into the camera? Yep, 
I completely agree with you. But it's um, you know, I from what we can gather, because no one said anything, no one got heated at Punk for no, the, the Hangman no. thing. No one approached Punk and had a go at well, him. It's because they're all told to not come to the show. <laughs> no one can approach him. They find themselves in in front of a weird makeshift ambulance. So um, yeah, like it's. I guess like it's one it's probably it feels like it's one rule for one another in in punk's world mm. I'm, I'm sure in punk's mind he is the hero of this story but is always painted out to be the villain he is the um, hero but it, it was yeah I, I actually made this joke in in the the news that will be coming out later on the rest Talk news channel which is like like it will come to the surprise of absolutely no one who's been paying attention but this did upset cm punk because <laughs> the the story is and this is from you know, it's two sides of your commemorative he said he said she said coin on Punk's perspective on things. On people close to Punk have said that Jack Perry started the fight. He got in Punk's face, and then like again, Punk was just getting ready for his match, and he got in his face and he barged past him. And then disrespect. Then Punk uh, got him in a headlock, and he sort of started to choke him out, and the fight broke up. Mm-hmm. The other side of the the coin from other people is that. Punk got in Jack Perry's face. Like Jack Perry, Jack Perry was just walking to the back, and Punk purposely walked up to him, heated words, punched him, then got him into a headlock and gave more digs in before he was, the, the fight was broken up. For what it's worth, Miro uh, quote mm-hmm. tweeted the the <clears throat> the side where Jack Perry started it, saying that is not true and false. So from Miro's perspective, it's the other side of the coin that's. Punk through the first punch. Oh right! Oh, so I thought Miro was calling the whole thing false. No, he was just saying that side of the story is false. Oh, interesting. And it's he's a collider. He's well, meant to be Team Punk. I referenced this in the news. I was like loyalty. Was, yeah, he was brought in. So like that's there are two sides to the story, as there have been with all of the the CM Punk stories, and the, those two sides are always. CM Punk's being a dick, or those close to Punk are telling you the other person was a dick, and Punk was just being a good guy and trying to not be a dick around people. I feel like. It always also has punk getting in someone's face and saying, do we have a problem? <laughs> Which is such a loaded question when you're yeah. in someone's face. Oh, and I, I also, you know, I feel like I'm being a broken record here, but you're going to hear me repeat these words again mm. in, a, in a couple of videos time. Um, but punk's big problem and, you know, what led to brawl out in the instance was wrestlers or people close to friends telling the dirt sheets things. And alls we've had for the last two weeks are friends of punk <laughs> telling the dirt sheets things. But again, in, in his mind, I wager that punk doesn't see a problem with that because yeah. he is he's they, the hero. They threw the first punch. They threw the first punch, even though I think punk's probably been you know, and his friends have been doing it for years. I uh, it's it's really it's a really testing time to be a CM Punk fan. It's it is. Yeah, he's still right. <laughs> Look, I I don't know the guy. I've I've never met him. I've never interacted with CM Punk in my whole life. I cannot imagine he's happy there. I think I think for the I mean, we'll see what happens, but the stuff last September and then all the reports since collision started, like a difficult decision's gotta be made, I think. Yeah. From from management. And it seems like the only person with the capacity to do that especially because like Christopher Daniels head of relations reportedly isn't allowed in the building either is, 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 Steel's not allowed yeah, yeah. It's actually, they it's actually, started it it's actually really fair when you think about it is yeah Tony Khan's got to make a call yeah and that call is well you keep him in the company and everyone's going to be unhappy and there's going to be more stuff like this or you get rid of him yeah because they've tried to separate them out mm. but 
this is what people thought might happen when they're under the same roof again. It's just, it just happens. It didn't happen with the, the elite this time. It happened with Jack Perry. But yeah, like it's, I, I don't know what the answer is, man. This is why I'm glad I'm not a boss. So I, I don't know what the, the solution to this problem is, but it's not good. And I think it was Mike Johnson of PW Insider. It was either PW Insider or PW Torch said that there were some in AEW that were concerned and worried that this story is going to overshadow the success of All In just as Brawl Out overshadowed All Out two years ago. I, year. I don't feel it, it, it's that point. And I feel like MJF overshadowed Double or Nothing more than this is overshadowed. Cause like the, yeah. Maybe it's because I was there. I don't know. But we'll move on. Um, Hook won with a Taz mission, by the way. Won back the FTW title. Speaking of Punk, though, he kicked off the main card. I haven't watched it back, but apparently he did look visibly annoyed when he made his way to the ring. Apparently so. But he had absolutely banging match against Samoa Joe. I didn't know any of the backstage stuff when this had happened. So I just watched it. I I love, you know, I'm a big CM Punk fan. I've only seen him once live before, which was during a, a, a Raw House show back in 2012. I loved hearing the music. I loved watching him make his entrance. I loved how he just turned heel during the match. And I'm like, Punk, go with the grain here. You are such a good heel. But that's what I love about this character. Yeah. It's um I he is 08 Cena. He's 95 Hogan. He is the babyface that people don't like, but is still acting like the babyface on TV. Mm-hmm. But it, the crowd are telling you to turn heel. Just like the crowd in 08 were telling Cena to turn heel. It's like in 95 and they were telling Hogan to turn heel. But they were like, nope, I'm a baby face and this crowd are going to love me no matter what. And that's what they did, Cena did. Hogan eventually did, like, you know, when I, was, actually, I say 95, really, like 94 Hogan. And then eventually did the heel turn. But that's the character that Punk has got right now. I'm a heel that is refusing to turn heel mm-hmm. and then doing the Cena five moves oh, of doom. Brilliant. Doing the Hogan leg drop. Like even to a degree, like I know it's the Pepsi plunge, it's, but yeah. doing a pedigree. Yeah, yeah I is, agree. It's, it's, a game, it's a loaded move. It's a loaded move. I love this character. <clears throat> and this is like, because Dan keep, brings this up on Collision a lot, of just being like, he just feels so insincere as a baby person. I'm like, yeah, that's the point. Because he's a heel. He just doesn't know it yet. And I, I really, really dig the character. See, I agree. I, I like the character as well. I get big sort of Brett vibes when but like you know brett's a heel in america i know right punk referencing a brett hart thing but brett's a heel in america but he's a baby face in canada yeah. it's like punk's a heel in, in elite fans but he's a baby face in, in punk fans um but i, I the, my problem with it is the way the promotion treats him because i i don't think the promotion should treat him like a face when they're, when they're when they're endorsing this real world's title, okay, but they did it with Cena and they did it with Hogan. Well, they, and, yeah, and but you, that, I didn't you, like that. And if you're using those as the template, then you sort of do have to play up that he is no, the babyface. I, 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 but that was bad. Like that, you can do that storyline and, and make it good, mm-hmm. and then you don't also have to drag the AEW brand into the CM Punk vortex. I don't know if I agree with mm. that one. I, I think it it works really well. Um, I'm really enjoying the, this this CM this CM Punk character, and maybe that's why I'm like I don't want him to be fired because I want to see where the character goes. But also at the same time, he's causing a lot of issues. Yeah, I, it's, it's almost like someone should do a top ten list about this five, <laughs> five on one or five on the other. So Joe here was having the time of his life. He looked like ROH TNA Joe, 
flicking the middle fingers at Punk, doing yeah, his doing little, his dance. Doing his little dance before he like run up and kicked him in the face. His he did multiple walk away spots. <sighs> the first one was scouted though. Yeah. So Punk didn't actually do the leap. Very good. I forgot about it. And then when Punk does the crossbody outside, Joe just walks away. Brilliant spot. It was at that point I thought, oh, I really should probably, I, you know, I've got this this access here. I should probably use uh, mm. uh, my notes app to try and make some notes. I only made one note on the entire show because I just ended up watching the show. And that one note is Joe Walkaway spot, five out of five minutes. Uh, <laughs> uh, Punk busted open his head uh, pretty brutally after being swung into the announcer's desk. But yeah, Pepsi plunge after the Cena-Hogan spots from, from Punk which Joe kicked out at one off the Hogan leg drop. Just really, really fun match for two guys who have a real storied history. I just wish Joe had beaten him in the Owen Hart Cup. That's it. Or, it's the only thing I would change. Or not have done the match in the Owen Hart yeah, Cup. Yeah. That's that's the only thing I would change in that, because I really think it was an error that Punk had already beaten him. Because the whole story of this should be Punk finally mm. beat Joe. After that, we had the Elite versus Bullet Club Gold plus the Kester. I was like, what? Because I was just starting to hear about the the stuff that had happened. Because this is when I I was told it was during the entrances for this is when uh, I got told of the yeah. what had happened backstage. I was like, why are you putting Kenny Omega and Hangman Page so close to Punk's entrance? I wonder if it's a big brain play from Tony. He's almost forced their hand <laughs> into like seeing each other. You know, maybe they'll walk backstage and be like, you know, with a bit of mutual respect. That's that's mm. all you need. Um, I th- this was actually the for, for me, and I'm not saying it was a bad match because of course it was a good match, but it was the most underwhelming match on the card. I completely agree with mm. you. Yeah. Considering this went 20 minutes, I thought this this should have been better. Yeah, it was. I mean, is it, the criticism going in was it's a six man, and it was kind of like a New Japan six man where you're doing the six man because really it's to set up the bigger singles matches later on. Uh, that's exactly what this was. Mm-hmm. So it did feel more like a main event of an AEW TV episode. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, Kota Ibushi is still nowhere near where he was. Um, you know, a few botches there. And just the stuff I wanted to see the most, which was mainly Omega versus Takeshita or Omega versus Jay White, just never got enough of. But again, that's the function of a six-man tag. You're not meant to get the full delivery on that. But yeah, fun action, but it went on a bit too long and I felt I got a bit disinterested. It was okay. Mm-hmm. Is, is, the, is the nicest way I could describe this match. It was, it was okay. But it did serve a storyline purpose in uh, Takeshita pinned Kenny <laughs> and that sets up the match they've got going on next week. And as Callus mentioned in the, the press conference that I'm sure people are really thrilled I'm still uh, referencing, um, Kenny is 0-4 in singles matches since uh, the Callis split. Really? So, and he's just he's like... He's lost everyone. He's lost everything. And like, I've, that's the story that they're sort of running with. And that was the story in this well. match he lost here. Like, he, they won in blood and guts. Mm-hmm. But I think that's like, it's really like, he is just, he's got loss after loss after loss since Callis split. And really, when you look at blood and guts, then he won because Callis and Takeshita left and, and Pac walked yeah. out. So yeah, like it's, I think it's an interesting story. But it reminds me then of 2018, uh, 2019, Kenny, where his his character was, I suck now. And, I, and, I, and I'm sadly walking through Shibuya with my backpack. And we were there being like, no, just where's Kenny gone? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. give me just give me Kenny Omega. I don't want to see I'm rubbish Kenny Omega. Give me good Kenny Omega. <laughs> and then they eventually did. And you know what? It was way better. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, so it's Kesh to rolled up Omega there. Good booking to set up the, the actual, the next match. Young Bucks versus FTR. At this point, I was like, bloody hell. Like, you started with Punk Joe, then the six man, then this. Uh, I Bucks FTR was my match of the night. Yeah, this match was absolutely outstanding. Um, I well, How long did it go? 20 minutes? 21 minutes. What was the longest match in the show? Uh, the main event, which was a half an hour. Yeah, so 22 minutes for this match. Uh, it was, for the first 15 minutes, I wasn't really reacting. I was just, you know, watching and like, yeah, this is good, this is good, this is good. The last third was just incredible. I was on the edge of my seat. Just incredible. Just incredible was in the match, I think. <laughs> Cash they actually, they actually couldn't get Dax across. They just put just incredible in this place. Cash Wheeler trying to hit the 450 springboard after him losing the first match because he went up for the flip, not the fists, and then missing it again. And that near fall. From, from the very first tease of the 450, I was on the edge of my seat. So many near falls. Mm -hmm. There's this great spot where Cash is just destroyed. I think he kicks out of the BTE trigger and Dax runs in, you know, breaks up the pin last second. And there's this shot which I was because I was watching the screen as well as the, the ring of Dax just standing up and the bucks are behind him and Dax has got this sort of grizzled, I'm going to have to do it all alone. <laughs> okay, I'm outnumbered. And he turns around and he runs at them and they beat him up. Just awesome. This match was absolutely superb. Uh, you referenced the hardcore country thing uh, earlier. <laughs> Uh, Dan Layton got very, very upset. So the Rev Pro show, uh, Mickey James was in a triple threat match and the crowd chanted hardcore country, hardcore country. And there was like a call and response, like one half of the crowd would do it and the other half of the crowd would do it. And the start of the match, it was a very cute thing. Some people then decided, we're just going to do this for the whole match. Yeah. Like it was the, the Dragunov uh, guns thing. And it, um, it got old mm. quite quickly and... It worked in the Dragonoff WXW thing because the whole crowd were doing it. This was like six lads in one area and seven lads in another just being dicks. Mm -hmm. And Dan was so heated and so hot about this. And afterwards, I was like, I felt like some of it was in good. Like they were trying to, you know, and he got really angry. He was like, they would never do that in a men's match. Mm -hmm. So I took great pleasure in letting him know. <laughs> I was like, oh, there were a lot of fans in where I was that were doing their damnedest to not enjoy FTR and the Bucks. Really? Because they just wanted to chant about Cash Wheeler. Oh, and yeah, because what a Cash Wheeler's got a gun. Yeah, so yeah, that no, one no, no, no. was the only chance that they started that caught on. Oh. They had 14 others oh, that they were man. trying, and they were, you know, football fans. They mm. just had various different style of football chants and stuff. They were doing their darndest to not enjoy this match and just make chance about cash winner that will get over oh it's nice in a way that you know wrestling fans being dicks is almost equal opportunities that's what i said to dan i was like you see they don't just hate women <laughs> sometimes they hate men too uh Another bit of Dan Goss, uh, he he was behind Cash Wheeler in a queue at Starbucks over the weekend. He was. Uh, so this is an exclusive here. Cash Wheeler's Starbucks order of choice is a venti cold brew. Apparently venti is the largest size in Starbucks. Yeah. I don't go there because it's crap cold. <laughs> I think it's, it's better than Costa. No, it's, it's provably not. What? Starbucks caffeine is the lowest... Uh, concentration. Oh, uh, that, I've, that I've little doubt, but I think it tastes better than Costa oh, I coffee. Think it tastes like water, like no. dishwater. Like, 
Dan yeah. said to me once because we were shooting in uh, Cineworld in Leicester Square, and there aren't there isn't a Starbucks in Leicester Square unless you could sort of go further out to get one. And I said like I just want to go get a coffee. And he said, if you come out with a Costa, so help me God. And I was like, Dan, I'm not poor. I'm not going to go to Costa. I'll go to Greg's I, if I'm going to go and get a coffee. I prefer Costa than Starbucks. Starbucks is awful. Uh, anyway, a few people as well just making note of here. We didn't hear this, but apparently the commentary uh, throughout the night was terrible. Really? Well, was, what, Nigel, Taz? And- well, no, it was Nigel, Excalibur, and JR. And I don't think JR had a good time during the six man. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think he had a good time during the next match either. Um, just another great spot I want to put over. Where was it? Uh, FTR. So they just started doing each other's moves. Um, FTR did a spike pile driver. Then the Bucks did their own spike pile driver. Then FTR did the BTE trigger and they kiss. I think it was Matt Jackson's yeah, yeah. face either side. Um, and then they turned around into a big rig from the Bucks. Oh my God! It was so good, so good. It was. It was. This was my match of the night. I, yeah. I really, really enjoyed this. But yeah, FTR got the win in the end, um, and they went for a handshake, but the Bucks walked out. Yeah, I was really surprised. I thought at the end of the trilogy they would do the respect spot, which is what you know FTR are sort of known for is like you do the final third, like you do the, the third match, and then at the end of it you're like. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. And the better team won. Now the Bucks walked away. Which I, I, I like. You know, I think this is, you have that really great trilogy of matches with the F, FTR and the Briscoes. Um, would, I think it's, it's better to go the other way from the Briscoes. Of, no, we're the Bucks. Yeah. And we just don't like you. And we, this is a saga. This yeah. isn't a trilogy. They can do this so many times over the years. I like that as well. I mean, it's, it's also nice. Well, you know, FTR sort of, opened the door to friendship but really what they need to do is kick one down yeah <laughs> after that we got the stadium stampede uh seeing a john moxley entrance live was really quite special that was my favorite entrance of the night yeah yeah uh and then it was just carnage just very difficult to follow 21 minutes of utter utter carnage i was very confused when penta made his entrance again well, he came out as uh, the the bad, the red, the red, red Penta. Penta. yeah, uh, red to Redna, <laughs> Penta El Rioja. <laughs> What's red? The music hit, and there was this genuine, uh, huh? like from the audience, like eighty-one thousand people going, huh? I thought, what? Is, is this a new? Is this a surprise? No, I, I thought it was um, Penta Dark. Because remember, he was doing that for a little bit. Obscure. When he had, yeah, when he had like the little like creepy coffee uh-huh. thing, he'd be probably go like... like <laughs> I, I, I thought it was that, but I don't know. Apparently, I just read this on one comment, so I haven't checked it. Uh, Penta did start screaming at... Was it Santana he put through the table? Yes. He started screaming at Santana in English, and Alex Abrahantes still translated it into English. <laughs> He did that at the press conference as well because it's Penta versus Cassidy on Wednesday mm. for the, uh, the the international title. Oh, unpredictable! And um, Penta cut a promo on Cassidy in English, and then Alex Abrahanta went, "Penta says," yeah. and, and just did a different style of promo on him. Very helpful. Um, but yeah, this was just Mox getting to do Terry Funk tributes. Uh, some ah, the part, the jumping pile driver on Trent on the steps. I thought Mox was incredible in this. Yep. We got a spot where Sue drives up in the minivan. That is Trent's mum. Sue gives them a tray of cookies. An actual tray of cookies. Cookies on them that yeah. was used as a weapon. So apparently, Sue. That's what Sue used to do at the early AEW shows was bring cookies mm-hmm. like for for all the, for the locker room. 
So they got to use those cookies as weapons uh, in this match. Uh, there was this great spot where all the best friends, you know, the remaining best friends, so Trent, Chucky, Casty, all did their hug spot with Wheeler Utah dazed in the middle, and they all hug around him, and then they beat the crap out of oh, him. So that was cool. great. That was great. They did the um, uh, the 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 spot with the um, skewers mm-hmm. into Moxley's head. Wasn't quite as brutal as when he did it on the Independence Show, and there were like loads of them stuck in. It was only like you know yeah. a, a good handful of them sort of stuck in there, but got the reaction from the crowd that, that you wanted and stuff. And Casley bled. Didn't he just bloody hell? I mean, it went to town on him with a fork. Red Cassidy. (laughs) It was blood orange. I had that's very good. I had a a really really fun time with this one. Mm -hmm. Like I uh, I nearly wept when Eddie Eddie Kingston's music hit because I was so excited to mm. see eddie kingston and he just stormed down to the ring just started battering people and i was like i, I genuinely because ah. like, i so i had proper fomo with this show because i was in the press box but i wasn't with really any other members of press because we we're all sort of like in like booths and stuff but the people that i was sat next to just weren't there for the show i don't know where they went to mm. but it just meant i watched this show on my own you could have called me and dan and me and dan could have come down and sat there with you surely well yeah but then you were you'd have really good you have really good seats your your seats were way better than our seats were they oh, i yeah. couldn't see the stage yeah but we couldn't see much <laughs> <laughs> I, I did well i didn't want to like you know impose upon you but anyway i had a bit of fomo because what i was seeing was just like it, it was a real moment of i enjoy watching wrestling with friends and that's like a really fun thing to do and i was just watching like pockets and groups of friends just having the best time apart from the dicks during the uh, the cash mm-hmm. thing but like you know people who were just having fun and being a really good and having a really good time and i got proper fomo for for that but i did not feel that fomo during this match because like my inner bloke yeah. just came out so anytime i was kind of i was just going yeah and i was jumping out <laughs> my seat i had a great time with stadium stampede Eddie did that thing where he just disappears for most of uh, a hardcore match and then appears at the end to just like walk down. I'm going to murder some folk now. He gets in and he he sort of goes for Cesaro. And I think what happened, like Mox, Mox, Claudio. I've written (laughs) Cesaro swing here, that's why. Um, He, Mox like pulled him off maybe. And that's what sort of in Kingston's mind, all right, I'm going for you, brother. And he tackles Mox through the barbed wire table board that's set up. And they just laid there, both covered in blood. And Eddie Kingston just has his middle finger up in John Moxley's face for the finish. And Moxley's just got a middle finger back at Kingston. Yeah. Oh, so good. They So, so Cassidy got the win on uh, Claudio. Because he'd put uh, tape around his hands and then put that fist into glass. So he, pun- he did the orange punch with uh, a fistful of glass, essentially. So I've since learnt that that is a Jean-Claude Van Damme spot. From Kickboxer. Um, I, oh, Kickboxer, blood spot. I thought it was a Sticky Bandits reference. <laughs> from Home Alone 2. <laughs> very okay, good. Sticky Bandits. Yeah, yeah, very good. One of my favourite spots in this, and you might be able to fill in some of the blanks for me on this, was that uh, the, 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 the swing. Mm-hmm. Because the idea was they were going to do this swing and then someone would do a dive off the top rope to the floor. So, like, even while all yeah, this crazy. calamity is happening, he's just still doing the swing. 
problem was is that the pe- person who was doing the dive uh, escapes me now fell so they had to sort of like get back up and redo the spot i think it was trent and, and it was ortiz someone, it was ortiz mm-hmm. and, and and so they got up and they fell it just meant that claudio had to do the swing longer than he was supposed to he did 20 revolutions i think yeah, yeah it was yeah. great um so yeah cassidy got the win i think that will probably set up cassidy claudio roh world title but obviously, Casty versus Mox are all out. I yeah. think Mox takes the title there. And then Mox Kingston for the international title. Surely. Well, just a feud. Just yeah. That's your feud. Yeah, I mean, because you've got the Arthur Ashe show coming up after all out. Um, so, yeah. I, that was, that's, I think, sorry. And I, I know we're trying to like move on to mm-hmm. getting the rest of the show done. But to talk about like interesting, you know, plotting of, of shows that they've got. It's all in. It's all out. It's Arthur Ashe in like two weeks time. And then they, they've just announced there's a new pay-per-view coming on October 1st. Wrestle Dream. Wrestle Dream, which is, it feels like it's another New Japan crossover show. Sounds like a Japanese title for a wrestling show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, or like a, an English promoter wanting to sound like yeah. a Japanese promotion. Um, so that's like, it's an Antonio Inoki tribute show. And I think that, you know, Tony said that I've, we've got talks with New Japan having people coming across for that. And then it's full gear in November. And... That there is a real string of shows that are quite close to each other, particularly mm. like all in, all out Arthur Ashe and Wrestle Dream, very, very close to yeah. each other. So like try and make sure you are saving big matches, but not rushing the big matches being announced. But there's been a few pay per views from AEW over the last year where they finish, and I'm like, yeah, but what now? Coming out of this show, I'm like, oh, they could go here and they could go there, and there's lots of options. So I'm quite excited and optimistic. Um, the women's four-way was next. Soraya, Britt Baker, Tony Storm, and Champion Shida. Um, this, I actually enjoyed this match quite a lot because I really got into the Soraya stuff. I was quite surprised. Uh, like it, mostly, it was Tony Storm. It was Tony Storm and Soraya. Yeah. Uh, so the story there, they went in as outcast friends, of course. But Tony Storm has been doing her own gimmick for a couple of weeks now. It's been quite evident that she's going to split off and do her own thing. But the way they did it was really good. All of the Knight family, which is Soraya's family, were at ringside. And Tony Storm accidentally hits Sweet Soraya, which is Soraya's uh, mum. And Sweet Soraya's like, oh, I'm going to F you up. And she's tr- literally trying to get over the barricade. And Soraya in the ring, her face just dropped. I'm going to murder you too. I don't care if you're my friend. You hit my mum! <laughs> uh, kind of... Yeah, EastEnders vibes yeah, via yeah, yeah. Norwich, um, via Norwich, via Captain America, Tony Stark, <laughs> Civil War, Winter Soldier. You killed my mum. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers for Captain America: Civil War. But then Tony Tony Storm just like I was I loved the direction she From took beast that mode, exposing the bottom turnbuckle, putting Soraya's head where you know all those neck issues she's had on it to do her running hip attack yeah. ruby soho sees this she runs down she stops tony storm well we're friends here what the hell are you doing and tony storm hits her and ruby soho walks out the outcasts are over well yes surely well soraya said in the in the press conference that uh they're not like the, the group isn't done but she does want a, a an apology from tony storm oh i can't see them repairing this i don't want to see ruby soraya's a face now surely 
maybe maybe just in London. That's it. I think that's going to be the difficulty of this. Well, we'll we'll finish the match, and then we'll kind of talk about you know the the, the decision <clears throat> that was made. Yeah. So she- Sheeda and Britt didn't really do a great deal. Well, how long was the match? Uh, it was eight minutes, well, yeah, just, okay, just under yeah. nine. Yeah, so there wasn't really, with all that outcast stuff and the Knight family getting involved, wasn't really much for Sheeda and Brit to do. But they have a bit at the end where Brit's trying to get the lockjaw in and Sheeda's squirming and trying to get out of it. And, you know, it's just in, oh, is she going to tap? But Soraya hits the rampage on Tony Storm, one, two, three. She gets the win before Brit manages to tap out Sheeda. I like that finish. I really, yeah, good finish. I thought a great spot was uh, Paige having Storm in the Page Turner and Baker hitting the stomp. Mm. Oh, oh, that was, was a great, superb. Spot. Um, so re- really, like, I really enjoyed the story of the match, and I really like the finish, and I think Soraya winning the bell, uh, you know, in Wembley, good idea on paper. I don't think this is going to work. I yes. don't think the fans uh, want Soraya as champion. She doesn't wrestle enough. Of course, that's because of you know neck issues, I presume. But you, AW is is a very wrestling focused promotion, and the fans won't accept someone who who wrestles on a part time basis like that. That's where the 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 issues Plus lie, she- I guess. Like I, I feel like you know we can press a we got a little soundboard that we could probably press, being like AEW Women's Division, mm. like you know was completely underserved on this. Sheeta was underserved. Like we could, there's a bunch of buttons that we can press to just repeat points that we've been making for the past four years uh, with this company. The past five years we've been making with this company. It's the same. It's the same thing over and over and over again with the women's division one match on this card someone questioned tony card about this in the post-show thing and he gave a complete non-answer that actually answered a different question um (laughs) because it's it's something that like it just feels that they don't want to address Mm -hmm. and or maybe he just doesn't see there's a problem with it obviously i think there is there are signs in the crowd that would tell you that there is but i do think that the sign that was on dynamite a couple of weeks ago caused a bit of panic booking around this four-way and some plans were changed Mm. but you and i said on the the predictions video soraya feels like the right winner here i had her in my predictions i had her in my predictions because it's wembley it's london she is the she is front and center of all of the promotion they were doing around this she was the one who was going around like you know the tv shows Mm. here in the uk she was front and center of all the posters and when she came out to queen by the way i thought emmy sakura had come out i was really i was was like yeah emmy got on the card and then it was i was like oh oh dear Mm. but um saray came out when she came out with queen and her family i was like she is 100 yeah. winning this match they're in a cat in hell's chance she just walking out of here as the champion but yeah i think in isolation this is completely the right call to make because soraya gets the win after the turmoil that she went through to try and get herself back into the ring and she talked very openly about this in the press conference and being like wwe just stopped trying mm. like she asked and they were like nope and they just stopped trying and even though she felt that she could they were like no so she gave up and she gave up for five years she just gave up and it wasn't until tony Khan picked up the phone and said maybe we could try mm-hmm. and they went through and they you know found like and he was like if there is a way we can make this work absolutely we can, you should come in and join us and see what we can do so an incredible journey that she's been on to get back to this point in isolation the problem is what happens next week yeah. what happens the week after that what happens the week after that i don't think she's going to defend the belt at all out and I, I don't think she'll defend the belt on TV, which means she probably won't defend the belt now until full gear. 
I don't. I don't know. Um, you got. I think they set up a Brit versus Soraya match because Soraya almost had it won herself. I. I but got, it's just. It just underlines. Sheeda was just lip service. Absolutely, of course yeah. she was. I got the impression from the the press conference, Soraya's not defending the belt at all out. Mm-hmm. Um, just Tony Khan being like, "Well, we need to see how your neck is." Yeah, made it sound like I haven't booked you in a match, so we're not going to do that. Uh, after that, we got the Sting Derby versus Christian, uh, not Hal Fox, Swerve Strickland coffin, mo- coffin watch. Double coffin match. <clears throat> I just assumed there'd be two coffins. I thought so as well. And that you'd have to put both of them, both of them in a coffin and, and shut them. Yeah. I also thought there was, there was one coffin. I thought they might have changed this match after you know Terry and Bray's passing. I thought um, they might have changed it. Because there was a bit of online chat and I was like, oh, I wonder if this will go down a bit. Like I never level. once thought that. And I don't think anyone in the building mm. did. Like, And I haven't seen anything about it online. So I don't think it would ever have been a consideration for them. This, uh, this was fine. I, a lot of people really enjoyed it. I, I, you know, I just, it was, it was fun, but the show was a bit long by this point. I just wanted to get to the main event, if I'm honest. Uh, but we did get Sting and Christian Cage in the ring at the same time, and a TNA chant broke out. Do you know who started it? What? Did you? No, three count. Three count. TNA. <laughs> so, I was there in the press, the press area, and Sting and Christian Cage faced off against each other, and I couldn't help myself. I just, I just went TNA, TNA, and a group of lads laughed, and they then joined in. It was the same people who had done the cash wheel stuff. They joined in, and some other people down there joined in, and then before I knew it, it kind of spread around. But yeah, eighty thousand people, you got chant, I, chanting TNA. TNA. Jeff Jarrett couldn't do it. <laughs> Uh, this was a fun match, though. Lots of spots and, and Sting sort of... Oh, God, he did a, a Scorpion death drop on the coffin. I just want to say, I don't think I was the only person that thought to do a TNA chart. Like, it's just like, if where we were, 80,000... Like, it, we couldn't have got all the way around. But certainly in the area that mm. I was in, and that was a, an area that people had... That, that was done by me. Uh, yeah, Sting, Sting took a, a, a few bumps, like doing some actual jumps and stuff. Uh, Luchasaurus came down to save Christian at one point. Nick Wayne stopped him. Luchasaurus killed him, carried Nick Wayne out. So you got a bit of Luchasaurus and Derby substance there for All Out next week. And the finish was, well, Sting was put in the coffin and Swerve, who was great, just presenting himself as a heel, just chucked in the bat as well. All the hubris, disrespect. But Sting got that bat and stopped the coffin being fully shut. So when it comes to Swerve getting put in the coffin and Darby did a coffin drop onto the coffin lid, ouch, to put Swerve inside it. A few of Swerve's brains were yeah, poking out. they certainly were. Run it back, where's VAR? They did, he didn't lose that match. I don't, I don't care, but I think it's funny. <laughs> yeah. This match was on the card so Sting could wrestle at Wembley and uh, us British fans could get to see uh, yeah. uh, the man they call Sting do a match that we thought we and we would never get to see Sting wrestle again. Plus, I think Tony Khan just wanted to have Seek and Destroy play out because he couldn't get the sand. Back. Yeah, yeah, we got the Sting old entrance music. Yes, yeah, so we got Metallica played. Uh, so I mean, so that was great, and the crowd really like you know lapped up Seek mm-hmm. and Destroy being played. And also, that I got to see a Sting no sell spot. Yeah. And he and, did the fire up and everything. And I was really happy. And that's the reason why this was on. Mm-hmm. This didn't need to be a good match. This just needed to be a, a, 
the crowd get to see Sting do Sting things. And Sting, you know, he puts Swerve through a table on the second attempt. Mm-hmm. But he, he puts, and he made sure the second time, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. this table is breaking. Jericho Osprey came next. Uh, I know you've been joking about Fozzy a lot, but they hit it out of Wembley Stadium. Yeah. They did it perfectly. They had a little area above the, the Tron to, to set up and play. And Jericho did the sort of queen, hey, hey, and the crowd call and response bit. Go into Judas. Chris Jericho sings uh, Judas while walking down to the ring. Only do one verse chorus. Everyone sings along. Perfect. All it needs to be. Perfect. Perfect. Um, then, so yeah, Will Ospreay comes out. He's with Don Callis. The, the only, I wish it was just Jericho and Will. And I love the match. It's, it's so difficult to say my favorite because I think it's probably the third best match of the night. But there's five contenders for best match of the night. That's mm-hmm. how good the show was. But having Don there and Sammy, I was like, I don't want this nonsense. It was also really mixed in the reactions that the match got as well. And that's, I think, the problem that this match has got overall is that on Dynamite, Will is the heel with Don mm-hmm. and Jericho is the babyface. But when you come down to it and you're actually resting in front of Wembley, and particularly because of Osprey's promo that he cut at yeah, the end of, yeah. um, you know, and Jericho did this the sneak attack on him at the end of the Rev Pro show on Saturday nights and Osprey's Which promo, they showed. Which they showed. Yeah. So when we came down to it, Jericho was the heel in London and Will was the conquering babyface. Mm. But he still got Don Callis in his corner who is getting heel heat. And it kind of creates this little bit of unbalance, I, I think, with the audience. And I feel that is massive oversight in mm. terms of booking this because I think you probably would have known ahead of time Will might get cheered yeah. in London. <laughs> so He got the biggest reaction of the night. Biggest, and deservedly so mm. as well. I think outside of maybe MJF and yeah. Cole. Like, I think he's certainly third. Like, it was probably him and then Grado. Mm. Um but yeah, I, I really, the match was great. Jericho really pulled out all the oh, stops yeah. to make uh, Osprey look great. It was proper like Lionheart Jericho here. And they had a great match. It's just that it was unbalanced in terms of the story they were telling going in and then the match they presented. Because Jericho then just went all out heel in yeah. the match. Which was needed. But yeah, the, the stuff in the ring was excellent. Um, just all of, it, it felt like, like we were talking about with the, the contract signing segment. Just feels genuine. Like, it doesn't feel like pro wrestling. It felt like a big boxing fight. Um, I've not got many notes because I was just just having so much fun, but you had the the walls of Jericho locked in and Osprey was trying to get to the ropes. Dom was on the apron. Sammy hit uh, Osprey. So, yep. so, yeah, Jericho, I felt, was definitely in the heel position all of a sudden. Very much so. <clears throat> Jericho hit an Oz cutter. Kick yeah. out at one. So good. Um, it was Jericho who hit the low blow as well, so more and more heel stuff. Uh, Osprey kicks out of a Judas elbow. That doesn't happen often. And Jericho kicked out of a Stormbreaker, another very protective move. And it was that finish in wrestling I absolutely love, which is when the person kicks out at two, but they know that they are, they've been beaten. Mm-hmm. Like So what I, Jericho kicks out of Stormbreaker, but just gets to his feet, gives Osprey the middle fingers, because it's almost like Jericho was letting him know, you had me beat there, but I did want to give you one final message. Yeah. And then Osprey's just like, well, you're dead then. So, you know, Hidden Blade and uh, Stormbreaker for the win. He's now beaten Omega, Okada, and Jericho in the span of two months. If he doesn't go to AEW in four months' time, 
Tony Khan has scored a huge own goal. It'll be hilarious when he signs with WWE. Yeah. Uh, you know, Triple H will be making a big play for him. I love that finish as well. The, je- yeah. the, the sight of Jericho, like, oh, come on, man. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Just giving him the middle and finger. It's the. The hidden blade. blade right from the front. And Jericho, after the match was done, because like cause Sammy Guevara, Sumimura, <laughs> was trying to console Jericho after the match, being like, hey, you know, you put in a, a good thing there. Jericho, like, you know, blew him off and stuff because Jericho got beat. Yeah. And in Jericho's mind, Jericho doesn't lose this match. Going up against Will Ospreay, this young punk Will Ospreay, he doesn't lose this match, but he did. So I'm... I was about to say, I'm interested to see where this is good. <laughs> what I want to do is watch another Will Ospreay match. I'm interested to see what Will does next. Yeah. Yeah. A Jericho dissension with Sammy Guevara at the end. I'm like, I've seen this <laughs> eight times in two years. I yeah, don't yeah. care. So that was, uh, yeah, not the best post-match, but great match in mm. the ring. And then the final match we'll talk about, because we already covered the main, is the trio's championship match, House of Black, Drop the belts to Billy Gunn, badass Billy Gunn, and the acclaimed. Yeah. I, when Osprey <coughs> and Jericho happened, I was like, man, then we're going to go into the main event. Mm. Like, this is a you know, really good run here. And then I was like, oh, yeah, of course, there's the, the six man tag. And at that point, I was like, yeesh, man, like, yeah. I'm, I'm ready for the main event now. I'm, I'm kind of ready to, to wrap this up. I'd have probably just moved this to, uh, to All Out. Definitely. But again, nobody actually knows anything. Because we were talking about overact. I think I was wrong in my estimation because it was probably better than you, baby. Osprey, the acclaimed. Yeah. And I suddenly thought, and then sort of like looked around me, and I was thinking back to like what I had seen throughout the day. Everyone was oh, wearing yeah. acclaimed t shirts, the sesame stuff. In, in the area that I was in, like <clears throat> sort of not just the, the press area, but the section I was in, was there was a, a scissoring section you had to walk huh. through. If you wanted to walk to the bar, you had to scissor everyone on the <laughs> way past it, or they wouldn't let you, or wouldn't let you down the stairs. Like it loads was, of foam fingers, foam fingers. They were so over. And so when that like the place went insane and went absolutely bananas for the acclaimed. He then made a Prince Andrew joke that was so good, no one heard the next line. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what did he say next? I can't even remember what the Prince Andrew line was. I just know he said Prince Andrew. Yeah, and it went, That's enough. And it went, oh! He's very problematic. <laughs> but it was, it was at that point that I was like, yeah, okay, you know, I don't actually really know anything. Of course this match mm-hmm. should have been on the card because listen to this reaction. Uh, it's weird seeing the House of Black make their entrance because on TV, the lights cut out. And you're like, oh, man, they're just appearing there. And then they're here. Now they walk. <laughs> they walk in between those bits. They sure do. Had a nice little uh, Bray Wyatt tribute as well. Yeah. They had the lantern, which is very good. And I, they let the house go, lights go down so everyone could do the firefly thing, which, which was very nice and very touching. Um, but yeah, new trios champions. Yeah, the, match, the match was totally fine. Uh, Mercedes Monet was also shown in the crowd. Yeah. It's the only other notable thing. Yeah, odd not to be shown during the women's match, but to be shown during the, the trios match. Well, it's that feud with Julia Hart. <laughs> Julia Hart, they, gave the, they did the Sesame Timbers to Julia Hart, and, uh, and the crowd loved it. It was yeah, so funny. That was good. Well, yeah, overall, I gave this 98%. I, had, I thought it was yeah. uh, an excellent show. Um, just had so much fun. It was a great day. Yeah. Awesome day. Great show. Loved it. Cannot wait for next year. Cannot wait to do it all again. I'm I'm going to be in the crowd next time, mm-hmm. though. I, I, I need to be in Or we're all going to be in the press box. Yeah. Oh, you know, I, 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 they'll never give us that access. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, I cannot wait for them to, to do this again. I get 
people some people's like criticisms if you're watching this at home maybe then you might have some uh, different thoughts on this but man they're live this was awesome Have we got any Patreon? We do not. No, we're all done. Oh, great. Right. So let's get straight into these. We, we'll have to rattle through because we've got loads and we've already gone uh, quite over time. Um, Zeke, that freak. Yes, that one says, first AW pay-per-view I ever bought. And of course, it was a nightmare to stream. Thanks, BR Live, but great show. MJF and Adam Cole carried it. Tag title match was great, but I feel it could have used a stip. Uh, oh, no, I don't think so. Uh, Elite Trios was underwhelming, but main event and Sting were awesome. Uh, Hannah Allen says, not sure when you'll get this. Holy crap. This was spectacular and everything we expected. Sure, you Brits added some, but by gosh, AEW is stronger than ever. Not going to bring up the sore point. Hopefully he takes his ball and goes home. Lots of love, Jam That Jam. Kid Cuddy. Damn, it was a lot of hoagie S-word on this pay-per-view. The unseriousness of the main event was cringe at points. Also, a lot of the endings either went too far or didn't go far enough. But overall, the show was fine. (laughs) <clears throat> Seems to contradict a bit there. I uh, think FTR and Young Bucks had the best match. I yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah. It feels like if, if you're thinking that a lot of the endings either went too far on, I don't think this, this show is ever going to serve your tests. <laughs> ben Vlarick, of course, experiencing it live makes it better, and I get the historical significance of the event. Kudos. However, I thought it was a decent to good show, but nothing extraordinary. Crowd does make it better, only you sadly couldn't hear them always proper. By the way, is Punk worth the trouble? I don't know, but why not go even more all in with MJF? Punk's the past, MJF's the future. Man can do it all, heel and face. Punk's my fave, but I believe MJF is the guy for AEW, and he's still young and healthy. Tony, keep him at all costs, because once it's 2024, if I were WWE or AEW, I would throw all the money in the world at him to get or keep him. Reigns still is a bigger star for now, but he's 38 and already part-time. Max is only 27. It's crazy, and he's probably not even in his prime yet. I, obviously, I, I don't know anything. I, I think he's already signed. I feel like he's already signed. Yeah. I think they signed. When he came back last year, he signed a new deal. Yeah. Adam West Slapdog. Adam West's... Oh, no. Adam West Slapdog. Adam West Slapdog. I've done this by mistakenly before. Since you guys were watching in person, I figured I'd share my favorite bit of commentary of the night, Excalibur, trying to exclaim an obviously wooden, explain an obviously wooden table, not breaking by loudly yelling, and that table made of British steel. I mean, it was certainly worth it as well, because when that table did not break, everyone at the same time just shouted, I am the table. Mm-hmm. Matt Hennessy, I love this show, but I was there live, so it makes me somewhat biased. I attended uh, Money in the Bank last month, and while I thought it was a five out of five show, when I rewatched it without the bias, it was a four out of five show. I'll have to rewatch all in without the live experience. I think rewatching the show without being there live will be when I feel comfortable giving all in a score. Being there in person, I thought it was a five out of five, but rewatching it might drop it down to a four out of five. Great show regardless, and wrestling fans, we are. Wrestling is winning right Right now and that's awesome sick of tribalism from both wwe and aew fans yep. just be happy about it all in is going to be the highest attended wrestling show of all wrestlemania 40 is gonna have the biggest financial gate in wrestling history i, I think we'll yeah there's a lot of caveats in there and i think that's why when tony khan made the announcement he gave a statistic that can't be disproven because mm-hmm. you can say like you know there were 90,000 people, if you include all the staff members and things that and the other. 
But that's, it's an unknown quantity. You can't literally have on a piece of paper that's an actual record mm -hmm. fact. What he can say, though, is they sold 81,035 tickets. That is stone cold mm -hmm. fact, and it cannot be disproven. So he was like, that's the set I'm going to go, because that can't, no one can come back on me and say, like, you lied about that. The Guilty Hat, on the bus back to Cardiff after a delightful night of wrestling. Hope you all enjoyed just as much as I did, but nobody came out to sing Don't Look Back in Anger at the end, so zero out of ten show. Maybe next year, Tony. <laughs> Maybe next year. Lewis Pierce, last night was amazing. The show was so well put together that not even the sun trying to blind us, I was about three rows down from Dan and Ollie, couldn't detract from it. The clip downplayed how much Ollie was marking out. Oh no. But people... <laughs> I didn't really think of other people. Yeah, people, the eyes on you. Yeah. You said you feel like your lips got a little bit sunburnt. Yeah, yeah, they're sore today. Uh, John Tideman. That stadium stampede match was utter nonsense. Trash like that doesn't belong on a high-profile wrestling card. Do you guys genuinely like that? Some talented wrestlers in that match that should be ashamed at putting their names to such nonsense. You've seen the other you've not seen the other stadium stampede and anarchy in the arena matches. Yeah. So it's down to I think it's the point, isn't it? Yeah, that's like Mox's whole vibe. Yeah, I thought it was very good. Uh, I'll I'll hot tag in. Manipulating Manu Marius says, "What an amazing weekend with all the indie shows that also took place. We really showcased how amazing the UK European wrestling community is." Side note: Spotted Ollie having a chat with Lord Gideon Gray. Ollie to the Legion or United <laughs> Empire confirmed. Hey, I thought he was trying to stay incognito. I'll have to. I can never do the. <laughs> the my fingers won't work that way. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, uh, on the the shows we went to, Defy was a lot of fun. Uh, Rev Pro at the Cufflebox was right. awesome. Uh, if you get a chance, Luke Jacobs, Tomohiro Ishii was so so good. Uh, Graham Shaw said, "I woke up this morning and the first thing I saw was the latest CM Punk backstage incident." And ironically, there, I'm so tired. This is what Punk said at the, uh, the press uh. conference. Yeah. Uh, I don't care how good he is anymore. I just want this anchor of the concept of happiness to go <laughs> away and stop crapping on otherwise great shows. An anchor on the concept of happiness. Wow. Michaela Traub said, I said this to my buddy last night. There, that's the thing about Jericho, why he's still a thing. Besides being a master of reinvention, he's also incredibly adept, always bringing his A-game when it counts. It may not have been the match anyone was expecting or wanting, but he will bring his absolute best because this is a key moment in wrestling history. Also, I said last week, I've only ever cried at wrestling a few times, and last night I cried twice. Billy getting his flowers and MJM crying about betrayal. Yeah, Billy, a lot of people were so happy for Billy Gunn. You know, I was just like, oh, cool. Yeah. But yeah, lots of people were really emotional. Michaela Traub said, is it just me? Or is the best thing about Darby Allen pay-per-view matches is not the actual match, but the student films that we get beforehand. I'm also glad uh, they didn't turn, but I would love to see a bit of heel Cole coming through. So I can't see heel Cole without thinking of like 20, yeah, Michael Cole, 20, yeah. 2020 uh, Michael Cole. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, well, usually the student films I find quite cringy, uh, but this was a good one because mm. Sting got to say, it's showtime. <laughs> Tony Ten, my gosh, it's well. The amazing clip said, "I bought the scarf because I'd never wear that ruddy top." Ouch! And he's, and and the clips a football fan as well. So he's got terrible taste in in like fashion. So you'll wear a Burberry scarf instead. Chav, uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. I'm knackered. For those uh, who weren't who were there or weren't, was it a ten out of ten show? I don't know if attendance bias is hyping it to be my favorite show of all time. Oh, it's one of my favorite memories of all time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Jarvis V said, tired of this drama, especially on a historical night just after we united to celebrate uh, two legends who loved this business mm. more than anything. This is supposed to be an escape, but now we have to deal with the drama of grown men acting like kids. I just can't anymore. 
Um, Andy Sandbox, do you prefer these questions later? Tops or bottom? This was great show. It's the biggest show of all time, but the story never ends. Kicked in, and there's a lot of stories left to open to develop further. Do you wish there was more finality on this show? Um, I don't feel like it was built up in a in a finality way, especially when you've got all out the so soon week, after. Yeah. Uh, so no, that never that never entered my expectations. Mine neither. I uh, either. William Buno has been a member for twenty seven months in a row. He said I was watching via fight, but man, the tribalism is too much. Luckily, you can close the chat. Wrestling is great. Enjoy what you enjoy. Hashtag support each other. I mean, I've only ever seen the live chat on fights oh, once, and it was the first. AEW pay was double or nothing and I was like nope never again yeah. closing that we're full screening this because it's the worst uh, Harriet Manga Girl said All In was amazing so glad I was able to see it live with friends favorite match was Stadium Stampede and the main event with MJF and Adam Cole can't wait to see it all again next year yeah. uh, Jonathan Hedman has been a member for 24 months in a row said hello guys looks like you had a fun time AI24 uh, should have Oasis effing in the bushes as its theme I-24. I don't know what that is. Uh, especially the scrum. So many F-bombs. AI-24. AL-24. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Wayne here said, had an amazing night. I have half a memory of talking to one of the merch <laughs> I was very drunk and you were very nice. Uh, that doesn't make it. That's very vague. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of very drunk people talking to me, and I was being very nice to all of them. You're very good. You're a very polite person. <laughs> Homer Star Fan 13 said, What a fantastic night. I will never forget. I hope I can go again next year. I went with my brother, who knows very little about mm. wrestling, only ever really knew Big Show and Jericho, and his favorite match of the night was Stadium ah. Stampede. Interesting. Uh, Kevin said, um, The figure four wrestling was a real downer for me. Maybe I miss when the outcast. Oh, with Female the- four way. Sorry, I, I see F four W, and yeah. I'm just like, oh, figure four weekly. Yeah. Um, sorry, the <laughs> the fatal four way mm. was a real downer for me. Maybe I miss when the outcast started to show dissension, but I really dislike the. I clearly saw that was an accident, but I'm mad at you because I'm dumb. Or it's only going from uh, going from one third. No, I'm sorry. Let's still be friends. Do all right. F, I'm going to break your neck. <laughs> also, as a big fan of Sheeta, this reign was a letdown. Mm-hmm. The rest of the show is fine and absolutely amazing. Punk Joe ruled. Bucks FTR ruled. Y2J may be match of the night. Two out of three. No, I th- actually, he said three out of three earlier, so maybe there's three chats. Oh, I uh, see. On on the Soraya bit, I don't think... The, the, the fact that it was an accident, I don't think matters because you've hit my mum. Yeah. I don't care if it was an accident. That's what I took from it. So, had clarification from the chat. All in 24 as AI 24. Oh, right. I will say, Jonathan Hedman, you had quite a lot of characters left uh, in that old <laughs> chat. You could have just written all in 24. Busy man. This is uh, BH2Res mm-hmm. uh, levels of you had time to do this. Uh, Travis has been a member for 23 months in a row. He says, uh, was my first wrestling show I've been to other than a download festival. Loved every minute of it. Liked when Fulham got oh, booed. Can't wait for next year. Yeah, the start of the show, uh, there was a, an advertisement for Fulham. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Fulham will be here. Boo! Austin Falco said, what do you think of the setup in, re- in arena production in person? I thought it looked great on the broadcast, especially the way they used the stage tunnel for entrances and played up the scale of the venue with the wide shots. Yeah, from what uh, Dan kept on getting quite emotional when they did the roving uh, sky cam to take in the whole scene. Uh, yeah, I, from a li- I bet it looked good on TV. From a live experience, I wasn't blown away by the production. Mm. 
um, you know, there was loads of pyro, but it wasn't WWE levels of pyro. And the stage was just a bunch of LED panels. But I liked that. Yeah. I, I like the more simpler stage. Like when WWE do the uh, on their like uh, their shows and then they have like the little kink in mm. the thing. I actually prefer those to the big like massive Raw and SmackDown LED stages. Where's the where's the model Buckingham Palace? <laughs> Where is the red telephone? Where's box? the red phone box? Mm. Um, yeah, I I thought the production was yeah it was it was pretty good. I quite like that the the seats were set up like a Union Jack on the floor. Well, that was more because of the yeah because of the yeah. mold. But you you, know, you work around those issues. Um, Dark Cat 18 has been a member for 25 months in a row. Says, hey, bro, Chacho, just popped in to say that All In was the best show I think I've ever seen. Oh. Also, it's my goal to join you guys Great. next year. Yes, please. Power Packers 90 said, as someone that was at the OG All In back in 2018, uh-huh. I'm glad you guys loved being there at All In 2023. Erdem said, I was seeing a couple of rows behind Ollie and Dan yesterday. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to bother you, gents, since I got to meet you at the watchlongs before, but it was great seeing you there. It was my girlfriend's first time watching wrestling, and she's such an MJF mark now. Excellent. Eternal Blue's been a member for 26 months in a row. Says, just another renewal chat. Keep up the great work, everyone. Lovely show last night. Wrestling is fun. Drama is not. Mm-hmm. Michaela Traub says, me again. Wanted to say that, that I was uh, upset about the lack of women's match or angle in Zero Hour. The treatment of the women's division and Punk continuing being a virtue signaling a-hole that's <laughs> starting to turn me off the company despite loving AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, 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 I hate the term virtue signaling because <clears throat> to me that just means like he says things I don't agree with. Hmm. Um I, oh, no, I think it's I did that because he got the trans rights. That's, that's what I mean. Yeah. Oh right, I see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sammy Boy says, um, "I just hated the women's logic. A miscommunication spot makes Soraya the heel in my eyes." Also, uh, Ruby came to save Soraya. Tony pushed her, so Ruby doesn't care about Soraya anymore. Soraya just been hitting Tony, but gets upset at her for trying mm-hmm. to pin her. At this point, just acknowledge the FTW champ. FTW is your yeah. hardcore title. You look that's stupid if you keep booking it. It is a good idea. Uh, don't know if it had to do with the permits, but I was hoping for a mania-style stage and entrance over or under. Over or under that 2024 will do same or better. MJF is the goat. Well, I think it's where you can get more seats in. If you have the big stage, mm. you can't have as many seats there. <sighs> do they do better next year? God, I really don't know. I would say they don't do as well next year. I would say they will do there or thereabouts next mm. year, maybe slightly under. I don't think it's going to be like 50 or 60. It'll probably be like 70. Yeah, yeah 65, like, there, like there or thereabouts. Uh, Andy Sandbox says, The glass comment from Jack was funny. Funny comments like this are digs at smart fans. That should have been it. If it gets on screen, just run with it. Stop getting so angry over small, 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 small things. Fans let things blow over if wrestlers do. Yeah, it's it's just a tense situation backstage, though, isn't it? So saying it won't be interpreted as a funny thing. It was funny. It's a funny line. Very funny line. Like back in the day, that would have been the sort of shoot comment that I would have just been captivated by. Yeah. But now I just I just don't want the drama. Yeah. Final thoughts. AEW had its first stadium show, a WrestleMania level event, to prove it it can get there. The talks of Edge, Will Ospreay, Mercedes Monet. Do you think there's hope for a second mm. resurgence with massive debuts? Drew to all in next year? Well, it sounds like Drew's going to resign. I think so. But yeah, that's a good point, actually. Edge and Mercedes Monet. I don't think either are particularly big movers these days, uh, but they're definitely bolstering. The reactions that Monet got. On that, the you know, the the, the when she was ever shown on camera, mm. but maybe that's just the excitement of, of of her being there in London. Jonathan, actually, a very good point there. If you have less sick tickets on sale next year, 
um, because you're not going to get 81,000 people in. You probably could do a bigger stage. Mm. Uh, Skillgull22 said, The Orange Cassidy glass on the fifth spot was a death match uh, called the Taipei Death Match. The biggest match between uh, Axel and Neon Rotten oh. in ECW 96, and they used super glue and bandages instead of glue. Uh. Could be a reference to that match. But I think that match was also a reference to uh, Bloodsport, yeah. which was a, a real thing. Uh, and, you know, quite scary. Um, Blazing Stoke. <laughs> that's, I, I don't know if that is, Matt, but are you from Basing Stoke? Because <laughs> that's what we used to call uh, Basing Stoke, because it was full of chaps. <laughs> so we used to call it Blazing Stoke. Um, we're staying in the same hotel as a bunch of the wrestlers. I saw Wheelie Yuta, Takeshita, Hobbs just after the show, but didn't want to bother them. Did, however, end up sharing a lift <laughs> with Julia Hart. We told her she was awesome. She was super nice. Jam that jam. That's been quite scary. Imagine if the lights cut out. And she's not there. Yeah, I um, I've shared a lift with Kushida. Maybe mm-hmm. this will be a, a weekly segment we can do. <laughs> Who, you, which wrestlers have you shared a lift with? Uh, Choso fifty five said a lift up- is an elevator. Oh yeah, Americans. Choso fifty five an opportunity to go this year, but chose against it due to how much it will cost overall. But I will see you next year. Good. Josh said, amazing. I was in the crowd. My daughter, 86, cried at the Bucks in losing. Next year, she wants to sit at the front. I cried when Punk came out. Oh, that sounds like a tense family. (laughs) (laughs) An elite fan and a Punk fan. Do you think she knows? Do you think she's analyzed the uh, the post-show press conference? Dex said, I can't remember what podcast said it, but every single champion in AEW that won their belt during the pandemic has gotten to win that belt again in front of fans, with the exception mm. of Brody Lee. So the Sheeta win seemed to just give her that. Uh, and Green Bastard here said, as I said before, I didn't feel like the paper was long at all because it started at 10 a.m. my time instead of 7 at night after a day's work. So I'm usually ready for bed after the fourth match. More international pay-per-views, please. Oh, I wouldn't mind if uh, the Americans also started running their shows in the early afternoon. Yeah. Oh, that'd be, del- that'd be lovely. Yeah. Like it's a Sunday. Yeah. Start at one o'clock your time. Well, they do it on Saturdays, though, don't they? Oh, do, that's I, a sa- if it's a Saturday, also do it at one o'clock oh, that's such your a good, time. That's such a good idea. And it's 6 p.m. our time. It's lovely. Yeah. We'll be done by... Oh, done by 10. Oh, oh beautiful. Uh, well, thank gonna, you very much for everybody. Just going to end the poll so we can get a joining final us today. review uh, on what you thought of this show. Uh... I know some of us like Frank Dukes is a fantastic liar. I know he's a liar. Like he he does a he does um come on Luke. make up a lot of come make on. up a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. But I think like you know Bloodsport and I, so anyway, uh, thumbs up ninety one percent, thumbs in the middle seven percent, zero percent thumbs down. But oh. I guess the rest of that is because there's only ninety eight percent. There's probably a two percent around there. Somewhere. YouTube maths yeah. isn't the best. Uh, but thank you very much for joining us here today and thank you to everyone who came up to meet us over the weekend of wrestling shows it was lovely to meet you all but for now I've been Ollie Davis it's been Luke Owen DAD Jam That Jam Jam That Jam Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.